What's up, everybody? Rob Cruz, Transcending Sport. This is episode number 20. My guest is Ed Lovelace. I wanted to kind of set the tone and put this interview into context. Um, known Ed for over over 10 years. Um, watched him grow. But more importantly, there's nobody on the planet that I know of that has been teaching speed the way he does it um, better than him. And there is no one that I've met that has been around as many speedsters as he's been around. And there's nobody that I know that teaches speed that actually ran as fast as he has. Um, Just some of the things that he can give you, um, the physical, the mental, spiritual aspects of of running and what it really means to to move fast. Um, Obviously, I want to do more than one podcast with Ed Gogo Lovelace, but here's the first Hopefully many. Check it out. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz. An audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? It's Transcending Sport. I am your host, Rob Cruz. My guest is Ed Gogo Lovelace. He is the founder and the owner of Fusionary Performance Systems. They are bi-coastal, L.A., New York. Ed, what's up? What up, what up, Cruzy Cruz? How you doing, man? <laughs> Ed, it has been a long freaking time that I, this is we talk. And I'm going to tell you right now, everybody who's listening, when it comes to speed, when it comes to getting people fast, in my 21 years of being in player development as a full-time job, I have never met anyone yet who could do it like this man can do it. So <laughs> I'm really, really, really honored to have you on, on the podcast. And it's been a long time coming. I've been trying to get you on here um, uh-huh. for, for months now. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to do it. So talk to me about fusioneering. How do you make that work? Uh, first of all, talk to me about mm-hmm. you, your background, how you got into speed, and why why you are who you are in terms of speed. OK. Um, well, first, I come from a long line of, let's just say, wizards. Uh, shout out to Norm Tate, shout out to Dr. Leroy Walker, shout out to John Carlos, shout out to Kevin Curtis Young, shout out to John Smith, shout out to Billy Anderson. All these men uh, were, oh well, my training partner, Kevin Young, and then uh, my, and my, my best friend, Kevin Young, and then the other gentlemen, uh, like a lineage of the world's fastest people, uh, Dr. Walker, uh, first black Olympic coach, responsible for numerous countless gold medals. So these are the people that influenced me and had a hand in my development and uh, I guess maturation and, and that's what got me into speed. So the world of track and field, that's my first love. Um, I played all sports, baseball, football, basketball, never played lacrosse, but I came from a high school that was dominant in it. But yeah, I was just in the sports world and uh, truthfully, man, I, while I played all sports, I chose track because I wasn't as big as I am now. I was skinny. I was fast. And I just realized playing against all these big dudes that could dunk and do whatever, my my uh, existence was best because I knew I was fast and it was on me. You can't deny me, you know what I mean, if I crossed the finish line first. Right. And... I saw that early on that 
you had to rely on some coach that had to deem you good to start to get burned and you know your whole life was in the hands of another man i swear that's what i figured out like in eighth ninth grade wow you know what i mean straight up i figured it out and i was like you know what i can rely on me and i knew you know i didn't even know what a scholarship was truthfully uh, I didn't know. I, was, I, I really, I got into sports straight up so I could get free t-shirts. That's my thing. Free t-shirts. And <laughs> one day, just straight up, yeah. You which, know, where'd you, you grow up? Fresh, where, you know? So where'd, where'd you grow up? In, in uh, New York, uh, uh, Manhattan, Washington Heights, and Hempstead, Long Island. Okay. And yeah, Big Apple Games. I don't even know they exist anymore. But yeah, they used to get fresh t-shirts with a big red apple on it. I needed that. And then that just started my like thing. If they were giving away t shirts, I was in the house. You know? <laughs> Give me a t shirt. I hear that. I hear that. Yep. So and now then, uh, mm-hmm. So fast forward to, you know, your track career and then fast forward to how you got into how'd you how'd you get into teaching speed? All right, so track career, uh, uh I did very, very well. New York dominated on the East Coast and went to Arizona State. I could have went anywhere, but I, I didn't want to be in the street. I had the streets in me, graffiti, this, that, and third. But I just wanted to focus and do well. I went to Arizona State. Too hot to be in the streets there. So, and it was just favorable weather. Because I knew heat was where it was at. And then after that, did very well there. All-American, this, that. Olympic trials, this, that. And then uh, went to Santa Monica Track Club out in UCLA. Uh, and then, you know, I was competing against the guys from UCLA, but then I had to go get with the get down. And Santa Monica basically ran the world for speed, sports and sports for speed. And they had the fastest of them in, in LA. <clears throat> so when I came out here with John Smith and Kevin Young, who's my crack brother, got out there by eight. And then, um, really, my thing is, I came from the best in the world in high school, and I saw that there was missing information they didn't know my coach in high school was ranked number one in the world from like 67 to 72 and the information that we got was so crazy and so applicable real time that it like forwarded your performance each and every time you stepped on the track that that's what i was used to and i wasn't getting that in college quite honestly and uh i broke i broke out and the same amount of track club literally were, you know, top five people in the world. Carl Lewis, Kevin Young, all these dudes, and Flo Joe. So I was in that, and every day at practice was the Olympic trials in some shape, form, or fashion. I mean, it's out there with Jack Joyner, Kersey, Flo Joe, Bob Kersey, John Smith. I mean, you name it, everybody came. Magic Dunn, Troy Aikman. And so I was surrounded by the world's fastest and got information that no one would ever get and the stuff that we did people the average people or people that were involved in sports literally the feedback would be like why are you running so fast and you know it's it's way too much what you're doing and and that's what and many times the east coast people that would come out here because they weren't exposed to the weather and the information they were always the ones talking like that but yet you're talking to someone that's ranked in the world or a world record holder and basically y'all don't know what you're talking about so it's kind of like a guy that's never made money talking to a billionaire saying yo why are you spending all that money on a private plane and the answer is because it's faster <laughs> so so with that 
You know what I mean? That's that's how I, I, I my my trajectory. And then, quite honestly, I, I I saw that the economics weren't there in the world of track and field. It's an amateur sport. Yeah, you go around the world and you're treated like royalty. Four star, five star hotels, helicopters, private planes, and bullet trains. The problem is the paper wasn't there. And I was seeing the best in the world, an NBA, NFL, tennis, would come out to our workout and go do our warm-ups and then go get 10, 15, 20, 30 million dollars. So that kind of was a shift for me. And then there's a dark, dark side of track and field, you know, once you cross the finish line, very dark, you know, and there's no support, you know, or you go work at Home Depot or something. So you go from like staying in five-star hotels in Zurich, Switzerland, you know, walking the aisles with an orange smock on, no disrespect to Home Depot, but that's what this, that was. And I was like, being from a New Yorker, and all my friends were in hip-hop and <laughs> purveyor of all kinds of things, uh, purveyors of all kinds of things, I was like, nah, this ain't right. So I got into speed. And not because I had some, like, Wharton business degree of, yes, I'm going to a- apply this and do this. It was really to keep training for the Olympic trials and pay the cell phone bill. Right. Someone said, you should, you should train people. And I was like, huh? Because, you know, you go, you transition from uh, an athlete trained by a coach. The trainer was the, the, the lady or the guy that had the box with the tape in it. So that just shorted me out. I was like, a trainer? I was like, I ain't no trainer. Taking people's legs up. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it, it turned the corner in New York because I just didn't know. I never was around civilians, keep it simple. One day, this lady kept bugging me, and she wanted me to train her. Next thing you know, I was like, all right, lady, I'm a trainer. Her name was Peggy Burke. She was an executive, or what have you, and Chelsea Pierce had just opened, kind of, and 96, around then, something like that. And uh, she's like, you got to train me. I was like, all right. And I gave her my warm-up just so she'd get out my face. And she was a chain smoker, the patch, the gum, and still was smoking. And like a week later, maybe two weeks later, she lost 10, 15 pounds, had a new wardrobe, got a new boyfriend. And she was like, oh my God, you gotta do this. And I, I, I wasn't charging. I was like, look, just go, get out of my face. <laughs> right. Next thing, you know, she's like, I gotta pay you for this. And I was like, all right, uh, you know, I didn't know it, economics. So I was like, uh, give me 50 bucks. She was like, $50? And she reached in her Louis Vuitton purse and like grabbed a whole bunch of creep crunkled up like $100 bills like there's a tissue and she must have gave me like $1,500 and that's when the light bulb went off I was like wow my warm ups will get people in shape and I thought about it I was like well of course they do your stuff helps you go around the world around to get the best people on the planet so that's when the light bulb went on and then I was doing that and it was kind of like a cool thing to meet pretty women and you know, influential people that wanted you to hang out because you were, in guy's case, you were helping their libido game get up, you know, get rid of their belly where their girlfriends were happy. Or ladies, you know, they were they were getting skinny real quick so they can go on their honeymoons and all that kind of stuff. So it turned into a whole social thing. And then the big thing happened, the Yankee sound. Because my thing was, I figured out, I was like, well, my warm-ups are getting people in shape. This ain't nothing. So what I would do as a marketing tool, I would work everybody out with my warm-up. And then once they were all laid out sweating, I would then give everybody five and be like, all right, now I'm going to do my workout. And they would look at me, run around the track like one of the Incredibles, and go, what the 
hell's going on here? <laughs> straight up. Yeah, that's how it went. And I never forget, one day I was just doing straightaways. It was, it was, it was like February. I was just doing straightaways, getting ready for the Atlanta Olympic trials. And Caesar Presbot came in. Yo, wait, wait, to, hold up, time out. I know Caesar Presbot. Yeah. There you go. Stop. Who don't know Caesar Yo, hold up. Wait. He was he was a Milwaukee uh, he was the Milwaukee Brewers um scout for the New York New York area. And then and then, and then he got hired by the Yankees. And then he got there hired by go. the Yankees after that. Yep, that's my man. I know him, the Dominican. He's a Dominican dude. That's my man. Caesar, Caesar, how you doing? You gotta Press be you gotta be kidding me right now. Go ahead, go ahead. Dead up, you lovely man. His yeah. name is wife. And- you know, I didn't know nothing about, you know, I had no, no ends on baseball and really didn't care. You know, I, I, I played it. I played in baseball. I, I pitched. I played center field. Yeah. I, could, I was an athlete. Uh, I had a fast bat, but I just didn't like in the spring when it was still cold, you hit the ball and it would zap your hand. I yeah. hated that. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, you know, so that, you know, plus I was like, there's no future for me in baseball. Because, you know, I was like, how am I going to get to the World Series? There's mud on the ground, whatever, whatever. So, fast forward, Caesar comes, and he's a, he comes with this dude named Bob Unger, who's the agent for this dude named John Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who lived in the big project on 125th in Harlem. And he brought the kid, and he was like, I hear you know about running. I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like... And mind you, I knew nothing, nothing but, you know, you go to Yankee games, that's it. So he was like, look, I got a kid that runs seven, four, seven, five, and I want to get a 60 down. I was like, 60? I was like, but you're a baseball player. We're talking about 60. That's track. He's like, well, we run the 60 to test guys. Yeah. I'm like, okay. 60 yards. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, we run 60 yards. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And then he was like, look, I got a kid that's 75, 76, and I want to get him down to a 7-0. I'll take him as a 7-0. He can throw, he can catch, he can hit, but he can't run to save his life. I'm like, okay. He says, usually we want him 6-9, but I'll take him at a 7-0, and the Yankees will sign him. So now the kid is looking at me like, yo, who's this dude? He ain't a baseball dude. And my life is in his hands. Please, Mr. Say Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is where it all came to me. I was like, well, let me see him run. I said, let me see him walk. Let me see him jog. And he just, he looked like a gunshot victim in all three scenarios. I was like, <laughs> damn. I was like, dude, man, he's, this kid's horrible. <laughs> right? So, and I said it to him. I was like, man, he's horrible. And they were like, I know. That's why I brought him to you. And I'm like, how'd you hear about me? And they're like, everybody here says you're so fast, so we think we're bringing to you. I was like, okay. So I asked him to run again, and I looked at Caesar, and I said, how much time do I have? It was February 14, 1996. And he said, you got, you got two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? He said, you, you, and he's going to go down to Tampa, and he's going to work out for the Yankees. And I was like, okay. And the kid was in tears, damn, they're like, Damn, this dude is gonna mess it all up for me. And I looked at Caesar and I was like, all right, I'll help you out. I'll help the kid out. And then I said, oh yeah, by the way, get ready to draft him. And he looked at me, I never, all three looked at me like I was crazy, like I had three heads. 
So anyway, we went to work in Chelsea Piers, and I didn't have 14 days. I had maybe like 10 because, you know, weekends, blah, 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 travel. So we I fixed them all up, got them right, and I tested them. And it wasn't as sophisticated as it is now, detailed. But I did what I had to do, and I told them, look. And this is when I came up with, like, my remote, remote stuff. I said, look, you're going to go to Tampa. You're going to do everything I tell you to the minute. You're going to warm up doing this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. By 6 o'clock that night, you will be in New York Yankee. The kid thought I was insane. He was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> everything, everything. Long story short, he goes down to Tampa, runs 6-5, gets drafted on the spot. Then he went and got a World Series ring with the New York Yankees. Well, no, he got he got traded around, and then he was on St. Louis, got a World Series ring. When St. Louis won it before Pujols and them got there. Yep. And that's what got me into the speed business, and specifically in the baseball. And then the light bulb went off, and I was like, man, if this is, and then the, this is what he said to me. He said, the New York Yankees don't think anyone can get faster once they turn 18. Now let me let me stop I right. I gotta Ed, I gotta stop right there. Because yeah. I've always been taught and told, and it's always been a thing where people thought, if you're slow, you're slow. And if you're fast, you're fast. Help right. us help help my audience understand with in the in the world of speed, why it, some people say, well, we're slow. And that's the end of it. Nobody thinks about getting better or getting faster. They just remain slow for the most part. And right. so, so, so how is it possible to get a kid and just, just, just to put what Ed said in context, guys, baseball runs 60 yard dashes as a, as a barometer of how fast somebody can be on a, on a baseball field in a linear, it's, it's a linear straight 60 yard dash. Right. And back in those days, back in those days, if you were a this guy was a catcher, he was a center fielder. Who's a center fielder? Yeah. So back in those days, you know, speed was everything, especially with the Cardinals, because the Cardinals were known as the fast team. Like there yeah. were certain teams that built their like their team uh, thing or their team brand was we're fast. We're, we're drafting yeah. fast guys. We're developing speed. We have a turf field at the big league level. We're going to get a lot of infield hits. We're going to be scrappy. We're going to bunt. We're going to drag bunt. We're going to have fast outfielders in a big ballpark so we can yep. run down fly balls. And people built teams around speed back then. Yep. So so 6'5 was, 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 a, was a time that was like, okay, you could, you, you could either get drafted in this eighth round running a 6'9 or run yep. a 6'5 and get drafted in the third round. Yep. And, and that could mean three, four, even $500,000 in your signing bonus because you bumped up five rounds in the, in the, in the draft. But I just want to put that in perspective for my audience because I have a large softball audience and they only run 60 foot. They usually run 60 feet or they run home right. to home and they run home to home in softball. Right. But I'm sorry, go ahead. So yeah, so yeah, no, so it, it, it's applicable in all facets because I know there's a large softball contingency out there. Shout out to the ladies that play softball. Um, and then baseball, all right? Um, so you got the 60, you got home to first, and you got, you know, round the bag, uh, and then a lot of times guys off the swing to first, right? Home yes. to first. So anyway, yes. home to first, right? So, so, so the question 
Uh, well, oh yeah, if you're slow, you're slow. If you're fast, you're fast. So no, absolutely not. And that is the wise deal. First of all, thank God for all the people who say that because I will never go out of business. Um, and that is that is the world by and large. Hey, can you teach speed? You can't teach no speed. You get it from your mama. You get it from your daddy. No, speed is underwritten by science. Um, real formulas, and I always start with my guys. One plus one equals two. That is it. And I say that because you cannot refute. You may have your opinion, but you cannot refute that that right there. One plus one is two. And I say that because sports, baseball specifically, is highly subjective. Soft hands. What's that mean? Nice body, great build, good onside run, great control. So says that guy. And another guy might come up with a different report and be like. You know, he sucks and nothing, nothing, nothing. I've had that happen. So subjectivity is rampant in 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 baseball and in sports too. If a guy likes you, then you get a favorable report. If a guy doesn't like you for whatever reasons he doesn't like you, you're going to get murdered, and then your stock is going to drop, and then you can't figure out why what happened. So, and specifically, I saw that in the world of African American Latin guys. Maybe there's a guy that had bug up his butt because he didn't like his kid for whatever reason, naked skin or his environment where he lived in or dad was some nefarious something or they were poor. I've seen countless times and what I knew back to my original thing is you couldn't deny me if I crossed the finish line first, period, you know, and then if it was a favorable time, then it's double up. So the thing about it is people who have never run fast, they Either you're born with it, you're, or you're slow, or you're fast, right? People who have never trained anyone to run fast, and I mean really fast, say this because they're speaking out of naivete. I won't say ignorance. Let's just say naivete. So, having said that, there's something just like one plus one is two. Stride length times stride frequency equals speed is a hardwired formula that applies to human beings on planet Earth. Can I say something okay. before you go any further? I'm gonna say one thing. That's the one thing I learned from you 10 years ago. I learned that from okay. you 10 years ago. Is that yep. stride frequency multiplied by stride length equals yep. speed. And and that's been and, 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 and Ed, I'm not even I'm not even close to what you can do. And I have gotten people faster on a softball field, home the first, on the spot, 15 minutes. I almost guarantee it. Because I already know I can Absolutely. do it. Because I already know what I know. I know how I know the formula, and then yep. I know what I, what I know what I'm going to tell you in that short amount of time to fix it just on the spot for that that moment, without even being a master teacher. So imagine if, if if somebody can get with a guy like you for an extended session, two or three sessions, four or five sessions, you know, fifteen or twenty yeah. sessions. It's a wrap. You're going you're going to get faster. But I'm sorry, I just, had, I just had to say that because, and I only took a part of it that I learned from you 10 years ago. No, it's real. And see, the thing, the thing and, and that's dope. And that's my deal. Like I saw in my world, we're very selfish because, you know, a hundredth of a second determines whether you get a gold medal or not. A guy runs 999, and they, no, excuse me, a guy runs 989, and guy, another guy runs 987. Well, 987 wins. That's it. That's the world I'm from. There's, so let, me, let, me, let me back up. The reason I'm capable of doing this, and, and it's, it's, it's mandatory that it must be shared, because there's too many people rewriting, let's just say, the Bible, making it their version. And, 
Yay, whatever. God bless everybody who's out there hustling, feeding their families and, you know, paying the cell phone bill. Cool. But the minute that you take your rewritten book, start giving it to kids, it's, that's a problem for me because it hurts kids. It hurts. And forget the parents. It hurts the kids, and the parents are the ones that are underwriting it, and obviously parents will do whatever, we as parents will do whatever we, we, we can for our children. And the people who are shucking and jiving and smelling, selling snake oil out here, they know that. And by the time someone figures it out, they're ready to go upside their head or sue them or whatever, they don't have time for that because the kid's going to college, they got another animal to deal with. So now you got a whole new fresh set of bodies for four years. So with us, uh, this was, I give it to people so that it's an extension of what I've learned to help these kids and make kids' dreams come true. So the fact that you took that formula, great. Because first of all, it's not my formula, right? It is uh, the universe's formula, you know, and it works just like water in hot tea or water in a hot bath. It does the same thing. So, and then you get down into the nitty gritty. So you take that formula and here's the cool part. What I'm saying is, I'm growing up in New York City I was fortunate to have, I mean, God, my coach is the number one coach in the world. I had crazy information. And who am I now that I got titles and I work with MLB and MLBPA and Nike, this, that, and the third, whatever. Who am I to take that and start gouging people with information that I was blessed enough to receive for free? You know, I package it up and I price it fairly, but I do it to give the working man, the poor man, the poor woman, the poor family, the kid that have no money, the ability to get a Ferrari too. Because it's only right. Because really, while it's speed and it's sports and it's softball and it's baseball, football, basketball, soccer, lacrosse, what it really is, let's just keep it funky. There's a lot of people that need help out here, man. And I know this. Speed, being the fastest kid in New York, got me a $500,000 scholarship to a place where no New Yorkers go for sports, which is Arizona State University. And that's when my light bulb went off. I was like, yo, this is beyond the scholarship. This is beyond just being the man or the girl or making the travel team. This is economic empowerment that changes lives. It takes the pressure off a mom who's working already three jobs at a hotel or whatever, or the dad is out here hustling. You go, hey man, I got to get a full ride to Duke or the Stanford or the Florida State. And it helps people, number one. And, you know, it's good. It keeps kids off the street. You know, and the, I, and the wilder the kid I like, because I was super wild. I, I like the wild stallion. And I talked to talk to him, and I'm like, oh, man, I'll make you fast. And, like, next thing you know, I had wild kids that were, you know, victims or, you know, murderers or in gangs. And next thing you know, that that kid in New York City, one kid currently was playing. He's a starting wide receiver for the University of West Virginia. That's in New York City gone. So to answer your question, people that don't know how to teach speed will say what you said. And that is just not true, which brings me to speed and its application. It doesn't take long to teach speed. Like I can fix a guy or girl up in 15 minutes. Uh, right. Pause, 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 full disclosure, I've seen you do it. I've seen, remember the, remember the Fordham University softball camps? Yep. Remember the Fordham camps? Yep. You were getting kids. Yep, I remember. You were changing kids' lives, and you were changing 
how college coaches saw them. Yep. In 20 minutes, I, I saw you do it. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This this girl can't run and she's running right now. Yeah. Yo, you remember there was one girl that's funny, man. You and I worked on, I call her uh, Pam. What's the dude who passed away? I called her Kirby Puckett because her name was Kirby. Kirby Wright. Right. Kirby Wright. Yeah, so, oh my God. So, check it out. Kirby played at Nebraska. Yep. She was not even good enough to be a Power 5 player. And I think the the fact that she she trained for speed helped her. But see, here's the other thing, Ed. Training for speed fixes a lot of other things in your game. It translates into rotational speed for hitting. It translates into being able to throw better. All the stuff that you train for speed trains you for the other parts of the game. Absolutely. I tell people, look, man, whatever skill set you are, whether it's special operation force, dude, I don't need to teach you how to do that because you're already one. Or you're a softball player, or a football player, or a basketball player, or a lacrosse player. I don't need to teach you that sport. You already know it. I just need to teach you how to become the fastest in that sport. And what happens is they go, well, what is baseball? And I'm like, look, none of my business. Look, I know this. Running is the most dominant movement on planet Earth. People go, well, how do you figure that? Because we get the title world's fastest human. So if you step back a minute, you go, wow, that's a deep statement. And we don't give it to us. The world gives it to us. World's fastest human. So what happens is this conversation applies to that right there. Because last I checked, Rob, Cru- Rob Cruz, softball girls, Kirby, who was a, wasn't going nowhere. To then go to university in Nebraska and start hitting home runs, people think it's like Harry Potter magic. It is not. Because running is the most dominant movement on planet Earth for human beings, the conversations about human beings that so happen to be playing softball or so happen to be playing lacrosse or so happen to be firing a weapon for the U.S. military. Human beings. So now, since we're the world's fastest people, this is how we see it. We look at it as a trickle down because no one's faster than us, period. We're faster than you on our slowest day. So if we take these systems that are algorithmic, underwritten by science, physics, underwritten by physiology, real numbers, real metrics that yield baseline, just like one plus one is two, two plus two is four, it's really math. So a person, I really jump in because I was that, I was that kid that everybody said, nah, he's not gonna be anybody. My man was the world record holder. He didn't even get a scholarship in UCLA. He walked on. Now he's the current world record holder. So you're talking to an underdog, undersized, and next thing you know, speed turns you into a fire-breathing dragon. So when Kirby, and I always get these kids, and I even get the parents that are like, yeah, my kid runs with a piano on his back. Or the kids come and be like, yeah, they sound as slow as molasses. And it's so, it's sad. They don't understand what they're saying. They basically folded their cars and they go with all this crazy stupidity that these slow slow thinking people non-informative people who stole upon them and I and I go yo check this out don't you ever let me hear you say you run like you got a piano on your back now you might look like it right now but in 15 minutes we gonna fix that and I remember distinctly because me and you weren't like formally training people in fact you didn't know I was training her and I was she couldn't even lift her leg it was a thousand things and she was just like the little puppy amongst all the dope girls that were hitting balls and just super softball ladies. Mm-hmm. And I remember 
we were training up uh, somewhere in Westchester, some dope school, nice track. And she came like, like overjoyed. And I was like, what's up, Puckett? What you do? She's like, I hit a home run. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that happens. She's like, but you're not teaching me hitting. I was like, but everything that I'm teaching you works for hitting, which brings us to the following. Arm speed, bat speed, leg speed. That's it. What we teach enhances bat speed. So here's a formula. Yep. Force equals mass times acceleration. But let's get rid of the F because it's not baseball talk. Let's get rid of the F and put H. Home run equals mass times acceleration. So what we just found out, the formula for power, home run equals mass, your body in that bat, that's the mass times acceleration, which means how fast you move that mass. So what people just found out is that speed is the variable that gives you power, not the weight room. Everybody's like, yeah, I gotta go do squats and I gotta do pull-ups and chin-ups. While you do that stuff supplementally, just deal with strength, speed is what generates home run. And then let's get into pitching. Like, we raise pitching velocity. I'm taking a kid from 92, 91-92, his name is Dylan Tate. He was he a was kid that was just, I don't know, whatever. He got lucky, got a scholarship. About... Nine months later, I took it from 92 to 100 miles an hour. First round pick, $4.2 million, Texas Rangers. Damn. I never laid eyes on him. It was all via text. And my point is that, kidding me? not to like flash him. Huh? All via, <laughs> virtually? You trained him virtually? Yeah, 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 remotely. Because what I figured is, is I trained him once as a kid, like ninth grade at the MLB Academy out here in LA. So, you gotta remember, running is a fixed position. That's what I can do. Like, Rob Cruz has to deal with the variables. The back position, the elbow, your stance, all those variables. I don't. All I know is that if you're capable of hitting the numbers and the things that I teach you to do based upon the algorithms that I will apply when you show up to Rob Cruz's workout, Rob's going to be like, damn, this bat's making more noise than it ever made. Right. Damn. Right. And it's been in games, next thing you know, you're driving the ball, line driving to the wall. And then you're coming back to the dugout and you're looking at the kid like, where the hell does this come from? But hey, whatever's happening, it's working. Keep it moving, right? So with this kid, I figured it out. And I'm like, well, just do the running stuff. I'm in New York, I'm in Texas, I'm wherever I'm at. You're at UC Santa Barbara. Do this, 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 and this. And each week, just like my coach would train me and my 200 times would drop from 21 to 20 to 20.5 to 20.3, the same thing would go with a pitcher. Only it would go in 92, 93, 94, 95, 96. Next thing you know, he made the U.S. 18, hit 100 miles an hour. The rest is history. So, yeah. So, speed is the universal component. Let's, for everybody that's listening, so you just don't get it twisted and no one can tell you otherwise, Major League Baseball, they are not looking for baseball players. People go, what? No, they're not. They're firing the ones and cutting the ones that they currently have as we speak. They are only looking for the fastest baseball players because speed is what gives a guy a value that lets the uh, scout go to their boss and be like, this kid is worth X amount of dollars or big dollars because of these numbers, which are typically speed, and the metrics are as follows. What's your, what's your 60 time? What's your pop time? What's your velo from the bump, from the left side or from the right side? What's your velo throw from the outfield? What's your velo throw across the diamond? And sometimes what's... What's your time from home to first, also with the 60? 
So what we just found out is they went from subjective, oh man, he's got soft hands, nice arms, great smile, daddy's wealthy. So I really don't care about that. What's these numbers? And if these numbers hit, you will get drafted. I've had guys, I had a kid named Cornelly Sanchez, he was the fastest kid in America. He came to me running 698. We got him down to 623 in less than six months. He ran 623 for perfect game in front of Andy Ford. He broke a foot in his high school's senior game, whatever, whatever. And he still drafted him in the fourth round. Had he been healthy, he'd have been a first round pick. And that was when the old CBA was happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very real. And and I'm glad that I'm on here to share with all those because there's always a new batch and a new wave of people that I can't get to because I mean, uh, you know, it's so far I can stretch this information that I'm sharing should give a glimmer of hope to someone sitting somewhere that's not fast to go, wow. And then what really backs this up because many people go, oh man, this guy's just fast talking New York and just tell me cotton candy at a candy store. No, the deal is this. Most people don't understand that there's a, that formula comes along with mechanics. And this is why I'll never lose because the people in sports, and I'm saying all sports, but by and large, very much so in baseball, but then it goes into softball too. Everybody runs wrong, Rob. Everybody. People go, well, what do you mean you run wrong? One way is going in front of the other and going really fast, but that's the problem. It's kind of like you're a drag racer and you drag racing down Coney Island Avenue and you're beating everybody with four flat tires. That's baseball. Yeah. They're like, man, he's running so fast, but I'm like, yo. He's running with four flat tires. They're like, but it's working. And I go, yeah, it is for you. And I'll pull someone aside and I'll be like, look, check this out. You're running wrong. Do this, 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 and this. And that right there, and that little five minute, 10 minute conversation can pull 0.5 seconds off of you. So a guy's running seven five in one day, 10, 15 minutes, can run seven flat. Not even being in shape just because of the mechanics given. So, that is the, the, the cool secret piece that we have. And, and the cool thing is, just for fairness, so people don't say, oh man, well, he's holding that. No. I, I came up with this because it's so cool. We're from New York, Rob. We come from a place where someone's trying to stay that Brooklyn Bridge every single day. I got a bridge for you, right? Yeah. So, I say this. I come from the fastest city in the world, which is New York City. And in that city, they try to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge every day. And that's correct. I said, well, I got one more thing for you. Because I'm from that fast city, I sell something too. And I teach something. They go, what's that? I sell something invisible. Want to buy it? <laughs> here it goes right here. Can't see it. And they go, yeah, you're crazy. I go, like, yes, I am. But here's the deal. I do sell something invisible. It's called speed. You don't see it until it shows up. I know how to make it show up. And if I'm real, it will not be invisible. And 7-5 will turn into 6-5. Then I became very real. So speed is invisible until it shows up. And for everybody listening, it is the invisible commodity that will get you a half a million dollar scholarship. It is the invisible commodity that will make you a first round pick or a top 10 pick. It is the invisible commodity that will help you make the USA national team. It is the invisible commodity that will make you the man or the woman. And you will be irrefutable because the number speaks for itself. I run 6'2 for 60 yards. I throw 100 miles an hour. I throw 98 miles an hour as a lefty, you know? 
and that's that. Damn. You know, so it's it very exciting. So I'm gonna tell you this. Um, you know, I tell my kids, speed never slumps. Speed does not have to have never. the ability to go into a slump. <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if you're fast yesterday, you're fast today. Fast and if you're fast tomorrow today, yep. you're fast tomorrow. You might not be. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. Here's the key piece, man. Yep. It's crazy. In my world, in my world, let's say you're fast today. You broke the world record today, or you won the gold medal, or set the world's fastest time today. Cool. Everybody's happy. In my world, tomorrow they want to see if you can do it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They set the world record yesterday. Do it again tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after. And someone else is always on your heels to be like, I think I can beat you. I know I can beat you. I will beat you. So in our world, it's the most ruthless world because time and you're running against fast people on the planet every day. But the beauty of baseball is crazy. You only got to do it once and you're forever fast. You run 623 in front of official people forever now and always. You're running, you're 72 years old. Yo, man, he runs 623. So, yes, that is the case, but I will tell people this. Athletes, yes. When you are fast, yes. But what, when you're given something like that, let's say you're gifted, there's huge responsibility with it because it will not stay with you. Speed will disappear like vapor. You have to maintain it. And that's when many athletes go awry and fall apart because the sport is a ruthless sport. Baseball is ruthless. And here it is. And I had it happen. Because a lot of guys, so my point is, guys, don't let your ego and don't let how you got there mess your mind up and have you thinking you're somebody you're not. Because if you do not do the maintenance work for speed, and you're the man, and you're walking around doing kettlebells or whatever cuckoo bird stuff someone has told you to do now that you're the man. If you don't keep doing what got you there, you will fall apart. Guaranteed. And I say that because speed is a series of things, and once a guy has done the work that you have learned certain things, you must keep doing. It's not like a bag of chips that you can open and close and it's always going to be there in the cupboard. If you treat speed like that, you will go to the cupboard, the bag will be there, and there will be no chips in there. Speed will disappear on your behind. So I say that to say, for all those who are fast, you had better and must maintain because if not, the fitness levels will decrease. And I can keep you on the phone for two hours telling you why, because I'm here to tell you, guaranteed, you will fall apart. And then baseball will go, and then. 100 miles an hour and they give you money they're like look son we want that 100 miles an hour and if that 100's turning into 95 94 93 and you're struggling the next thing you know out of their mouth they're gonna be like he's lost it so, I don't know what happened he was a phenom so, you so, know what I mean so here's the thing Ed, like, so in my world right and in your world too um, we are because we are at a level that we teach at when we yep. And we know that our job is to understand the highest levels, work with yep. kids who aren't there, and get them to the highest level. So we we know when we yep. see somebody move, whether they're moving fast enough for the fast for the next level or not. 
That is correct. So if I have an infielder fielding ground balls, and this infielder is feeling the fielding the ball, picking it up, throwing it to first, yep. and she's happy that she, she didn't make an error, but she did it too slow, and I'm not happy because she did it too slow. Because I know yep. that for the level that she says she wants to play at, that's not gonna get it. Is you didn't do it fast enough. Because at the highest level of every sport, the difference is the speed. That is it. So when you, so when you, when you can run and move your mass, like you said, when we can move mass faster, we're literally our brain, our cognitive process is faster. So, so when we talk about speed, we're, we're talking about visual speed, cognitive speed, anticipatory speed, reactionary speed, physical speed, outcome. Yep. And, and, and that's the freaking, I just hit all, I just hit every point, but it starts with body. In a, in a lot of sense, in, yep. a, in a lot of sense, because there's a mind body, what? there's what a say? there's a mind body connection that goes along with moving mass faster. So stop right there. Yep. Yes, very much so. So there's these generic terms, and I'm like, get away from me with that. People go, oh, you teach speed and agility. I'm like, no, <laughs> I do not. I hate that. I hate that term, by the way. I hate it, but that it's it's knee jerk. It's it's Baseball, very much so, but sports, by and large, are ritualistic. You know, it's got the whole, like, Jim Jones effect. Well, he did it, he did it, he did it, so we're going to do it, literally. So, speed and agility is a term that I just kind of despise because everyone says it. And then strength and conditioning, that's open-ended. Well, it's strength and conditioning. Okay, you got to do strength and conditioning. And I get it, that's the general term. But the problem is this, no one's signing you. You're not getting a full ride on that open-ended thing, conditioning. Conditioning what? Conditioning your hair, conditioning your skin. What are you talking about? No specificity. And understand this, everybody listening. Sports is a multi, I would almost go to say, a trillion dollar industry, just like Wall Street. And if we get narrow, just so someone can grasp onto something, baseball, we'll keep it narrow. There are 30 major league baseball teams, right? And those 30 teams are owned by either one or a group of billionaires. And these gentlemen are not stupid and they are shrewd, cold-blooded businessmen, bottom line men. So, and they have budgets every year to basically, how about this? It's a recession-proof market. Market. When, when the, so, so we understand what we're dealing with. I have to say this because no, one, no one's ever really heard me talk this way. So it's recession-proof because there's going to be more babies. <laughs> if there's more babies, that means there's going to be more baseball players. There's yeah. going to be more fans. Of them. And last but not least, it's America's favorite pastime. Uncle Sam likes what it likes. Yeah. So having said that, you're recession-proof. So you got 30 billionaires with budgets that every year they're going out to shop. And since these billionaires are numbers men, then they go, okay, I got money to assign to something of value. 
tell me why I'm going to get this kid five million dollars. And there had better be numbers to substantiate your argument, what you're presenting to me. If not, you will get fired. That's how it works. So for everyone listening, you got to know this. Whoever you go play for, university or whoever, major league baseball team, whoever, they have their own ideology on how they do the sport. Kansas City way, Yankees way, Florida State way, Duke way, Stanford way, UCLA way. Everybody's got their own way to do it. So whoever trained you to do the skill, God bless them and they got you there. But the minute you get the dollar or the scholarship or the draft contract, they're going to be like, great, that's a good job. Now you're going to do it the Yankee way or you're going to do it the Florida State way. But here's the key. Whatever, whoever you're going to do it, the way they're going to do it, the one thing they're not going to change is speed. They're going to be like, you're fast, so you're going to do it the Yankee way. You're fast, you're going to do it the Florida State way. You're fast, you're going to do it the Duke way. So, while you must work on your skill, it's endless, just like sanding wood, speed will be your entryway into whatever ideology you're dealing with or way of training. So, the insurance policy, I always, always tell my guys, look, you might not be the best switch hitter. You might not be a power hitter. You might not be able to hit it all. You're always fouling the ball off, pulling it, or whatever it is you're doing. But here's the deal. If you run 6-2-3, and everybody needs to know this. If you run 6-5 for 60 yards, you're an automatic prospect for Major League Baseball. Automatic. I like to tell people I like the gentlemen who are scouts or whoever's up in the front office now. The, the, the scouting bureau is gone. I make these guys do their job because if you run 6-5, they got to come see you. They must. If not, someone's going to lose their job. It's, but then again, yeah. in the same breath, uh-huh. It's like this. You got to run 6-5 in a 60, automatic prospect. Yep. If I'm a hitter, if I'm a hitter, I have to have a 100-mile-an-hour yep. exit velocity on, on my swing. Otherwise, let me tell you right now, that's an objective number. If you don't have a 100-mile-an-hour exit velocity... You will not be a professional baseball prospect. Period. There you go. Now you go. somebody just somebody refute that. Now on the pitching side, if you throw ninety five plus, you can. <laughs> you get, see how his numbers? You said it earlier in the podcast, and you said it went from a subjective culture to very quickly an objective culture. They switched to bankers. I like to say this straight up with the heavy hitters, the agents. I work with Brian Goldberg a lot. He's Ken Griffey's uh, guy for his entire career. We sit now. I've had talks with Michael Jordan's agent. So I talk to the best because I don't like to get into the what I think. This guy reps Michael Jordan. This guy represents Ken Griffey. That's the end of the conversation. Period. And they said the same to me. They're like, look, Ed, this is banking. While well, it's sports, this is big banking. And they, they, you know, between us, they call me the speed banker because the speed will package a guy up like it's high-end real estate so that when the scouts or the purchasers are looking for the real estate, it comps to guys that were drafted the year before or two years before or three years before. Size, age, position. And they go, little Bobby ran 6'3", here, here's a forget little Bobby. Andrew Velasquez went to Fordham, uh, Fordham Prep. 
He was number two in the United States, ran 632 behind Finelli Sanchez. Second fastest guy in New York City and in the United States. He was going to Virginia Tech. Full ride. Because he ran 632, he never stepped foot on Virginia's uh, campus and he got drafted by the Diamondbacks. Stole every base under the sun. And then uh, rule five, he went to Tampa. His big league debut was last year with Tampa. All right, so he fast-tracked, he paid his dues, and now he's in the big league because he was fast. And that gave him value. But many of you folks out here think the bat's going to save you, it'll, it'll help you, don't get me wrong. But if the speed's not there, the bat will diminish, and your value will diminish, and you won't know what hit you. I, I mean, there's even this draft this year, I really didn't work on any guys. Because um, I'm working on a new crop of guys around the world, Panama, DR, and wherever. But even like uh, this other kid out of Brooklyn, uh, Richie Palacios, and his brother, Josh Palacios. I've seen them both. They were both 7.260 runners. Richie, he went to Towson, I believe, became the number one base stealer in America. Then he went to the Northwoods League that summer, came back, and six, three, and some change. Then he made it to the Cape put on a show at the Cape. Then he brought it. My goal, I was like, look, dude, we're going to break stolen base record at your school. He broke it that year, and we came back and broke it again, then we came back and broke it again. That right there, that display of speed, game-changing speed, made him a third-round pick with the Cleveland Indians last year. Period. Point blank. Damn. So check this out, man. Yeah. This is what I got to yep. do. Um, yep. You got me fired up right now. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like real fired up. Back up, and I'm I'm gonna go back like ten years on you right now. We yeah. we you and I set out, and we pulled a couple of them off. Um, we had we, we did this speed symposium. You remember that? Yes, yes. So what well, is for those who don't know, you know, we did a thing where I, I would bring kids in, they would run and get faster, and then it would, then we would do like bat speed. So it'd be like, you know. Bat speed, rotational speed, exit speed. Yep. Yep. Right? And then running speed. And it would be like a, a camp yep. centered around that. And we I, I called it a hit and run camp. Yep. Um, we, we need to do one. I want to do one in California. So I'm coming, I'm coming to California, FYI, um, uh, for, for PTF Nationals this year. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna put together 10 people. I'm only taking 10. I'm gonna get 10 of the oh. most elite girls I can find that are going to be that I know are going to be in California we're going to get some space I already have um, some space with the OC Batbusters in Anaheim I don't know how far Anaheim is from yep. there yeah it's close man everywhere you know I get there's nothing it's right down the five easy alright so we're going to do it in Anaheim I already have the space and we're going to we're going to, we're going to put it we're going to pull it off because I, I, I want to I want to not only do I want to prove I want to prove it in 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 what you're saying we, we know it's I know it's facts but I want to be able to, I want to prove it. I want, I want video. I want people to be able to see what I know. You know what I'm saying? And um, so, yeah. So I'm, we're going we're gonna to get together in short order. We're going to firm that up. And we're making that happen. Like, we, we got we to make this happen. So, I like that. And, and then, and I'm, and back I'm, to it. And I'm going to give you some dates, uh-huh. too. I'm, when we hang up, I'll give you some dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Count, count me in, count me in. And then, I mean, I'm doing it around here. I will say this. I'm a born and bred New Yorker. And it's crazy, Rob. I had to leave New York. Uh, my son is in L.A., so I had personal selfish reasons for being in L.A. But, and the weather's cool, too. 
Um, so that's what prompted me to move out here. I was a George Washington High School speed coach just because I wanted to help kids. But the key is, and the point is, I left New York and came here, and I go back and forth to the family. But more people call me from New York now that I'm in L.A. than when I was in the backyard. And like, like hey, guys, anybody want to get that? No one would come. No one would do it. I guess they say, you know, in order to become a hero, you got to leave, you got to go to the war somewhere else, right? <laughs> so here they, they're like, oh, yeah, the, the speed coach, MLB, and, the, you know, guys are calling me the Palacios brothers. I didn't meet them in New York. I met them in Texas and out here. So they were searching for it, but I was right under their nose. And my point, right under their nose, but my point is, there's a different mentality out west. Sports are super, super serious. I guess because there's not a lot of distractions like in New York or on the East Coast. There's just too much to do. You got bar mitzvahs, you got Broadway plays, you got subway trains and whatever else to go hang out. But out here, man, they're like alpha parents and they understand the value of the sports stuff. So, but the cool part about it is they all are like blinded by the, oh, you can't teach speed. And I, I really have to share with everyone and you, all this stuff was derived in the East Coast, so East Coast athletes can compete against the, 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 the Sun Belt states, California, New York, I mean, California, Texas, on and off. But the turn is this. It's scary to, to see what happens when you get kids that have the same issues as the East Coast kids. Nobody's different. Only thing is you can't replace that sun on your back 24 hours a day, 365. So... The kids out here in, in California, when they get exposed to this stuff, it's like they turn into gremlins because the weather's so favorable. I mean, every day, worst case, it's 60 degrees. If we had that in New York year-round, it'd be crazy. So what happens is, for these people in Anaheim that live on their dress, the progressions are, like, unbelievable, and it puts them in the, the upper rung of performance categories for the bottom line, which is why everybody's an alpha parent anyway, for that scholarship. It puts them in the top 10 percentile because the coaches that make their job easy, because if it's the fastest girl that's doing it, I don't really need anything else. I'll take her and keep, I'll chain her to a fence to teach her how to throw the ball or pitch the ball or catch or whatever. But as long as she's fast, I'm good. So it's very exciting. And, and I really don't touch too many softball ladies. Every blue moon. But yeah, I'd love to. And it'll be cool, it'll be fun, and we'll make some more, 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 uh, Kirby Bucket out here. <laughs> Absolutely. So check it out, man. And, 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 um, to my podcast audience, like, I, I need, you know, I've, I've been taking the last couple of months to just introduce the people who I have in my life, whether I speak to them on a daily basis or not, that have inspired and molded how I think. You know, um, and these people are master teachers. These people are like the best at what they do. And the crazy thing is that this guy was the, this guy, Ed, he was, that we're talking to now from, from Fusioneering Performance Systems. He was the best two, 10 years ago. So imagine 10 years later, how good he is now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like people don't just get, like, like I'm, I'm way better. I'm way better than I was five years ago right now. And I know in five years I'll be way better than I am now. That's yep. just that's just what it is. So like I'm trying to get you guys to understand it's all about information. 
because my my educated my most educated people my most educated parents and players are my best parents and players because they know what's fake and they know what's real and you, you, you guys already know me I'm not bringing nobody on my podcast who ain't a real one bottom line invitation invitation only and then for those out there I have to say this yeah and thank you very kindly humbly thank you it's very nice to hear oh yeah the best and the master but I will say this yeah we've mastered something and we have results that say we are that and we come from people who are that that have made us that yes but in no uncertain term if you are a master a master knows that he always has to get better because something's coming that could be better than you so the point of that is all you young people out here that really get really good you could even become the man or one of the men's out there or the ladies do not stop learning the minute you think you know it all and you got this you're finished guaranteed always and it may not come right then and there in a minute but soon and I'll share this. You don't know about the herbs and they're coming to get you. When you think you've got it, the herbs are on their way. And they're like, what you talking about, coach? And I'm like, yo, faster, smarter, cuter, bigger, stronger. They are coming. And the minute you like, I got this and I don't need to know this and that, the herbs going to come and clean your clock. And That's when right. they do it, it's going to get cleaned so crazy, you're going to be like, what happened? And it's, I've seen guys get their clocks clean so crazy, they're out the sport because they had it all. They knew it all. Yeah. So as an insurance policy, <laughs> I like to, I like I like metaphors and visuals. Remember the Kung Fu master with the long white beard and the white robe, he teaches you and you're the baddest bad man and the bad man. But remember, Kung Fu Master's got a couple of moves that he saved because he knew you weren't ready. And when you start feeling yourself and you step up against an Ur or Kung Fu master and you use all your moves and they didn't work that day and you get hit by something that goes, but what the hell was that? That's a reminder. You better start learning or they got a move that will take you out, which means younger, there to go to Ur's again, younger, more aggressive players. All right? So very important that guys know that and ladies know that. So Ed, how can Don't we find about Ur's? And how can my listeners follow Fusioneering? Where you at on social? What's the best way to get in touch if they needed to to, to find out how they yep, can yep, how they can yep. get you in? And again, people, he's bi coastal. He's LA, New York, and and I mean Panama, DR. I mean <laughs> it's pretty much international yep. right now. But but I want um, yep. give us a way that we can get in touch with you. Sure. So um, I'm in the mix. I'm out here on social media. A not to be social media man, but so I can be reached. So we run an operation, I'm, I'm involved with a high level invite only clandestine operation called The Farm. There's a story behind it, but it's called The Farm. So we're, uh, you know, the farm. The farm, you know, find it, it's on the internet. I mean, um, on Instagram. And they came to me to kind of do the speed systems. They're like a, a, a global situation, invite only. You're part of the farm, you're going somewhere far and big, all right? And you can only be brought, you can't be like, hey, I want to be part of the farm. No, 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 no. You get recruited by the farmers out there. So that's, that's the farm. And then for me, I'm go at GoGoEdLovelace. That's Instagram, at GoGoEdLovelace on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, I kind of post 
via Instagram through Facebook. So you can find me at Lovelace on Facebook. But yeah, I'm Instagramming and then, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and we got at Fusioneering and at The Few. That's Instagram. All right? We got a lot going on and basically, you know, we got to kind of see the products that we deal with and do. And just so you know, here's the deal. Uh, one, one second, I'm sorry. Like, we, 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 huh? we spell the few. How are we spelling that? I want to make sure they know how to oh, find it. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, so for IG, it's at the few. T-H-E-P-H-E-W. T-H-E-W. Yep. Few is the sound of speech. Few, right? Yeah. And then we have at Fusioneering. P-H-E-W-F-I-O-N-E-E-R-I-N-G. Got it. At Fusioneering. And there it is. And just people are like, well, what is that? Fusioneering is the system, and the athletes are the hardware, the computer, and the system makes you go fast. Just that simple. Yep. Yo, I want yes. everybody to know that I'm, I'm going to be bringing Ed back um, as a regular recurring um, guest and a regular recurring teacher. Obviously, you know, he's busy. Obviously, we all are, but. If, if, if you can find a time, like, you just got to let me know, hey, I got something I need to get out there. We need, we need to talk about this. Um, I want to bring yeah. you back. I definitely want to bring you back. And, and, and we are definitely doing a speed symposium in July in Anaheim, California. I will, I'm going to put everything together. I will get you. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get in touch with you in short order. We'll get some branding. We'll put together a little flyer. I'm only taking yep. 10 people. Period. 10. Wow. That's it. Wow. 10 wow. people. We'll spend we'll spend about three hours. We're gonna do and we're gonna get that done. Do it. Now, let's done. leave everybody with everybody, everybody out there. Remember this: speed is invisible until it shows up, and we guarantee that fact. This is Fusioneering, y'all. <laughs> All right, Ed. This is Transcendent Sport. Right. I'm your host, Rob Cruz. Signing out.